Super Talk Mississippi media production. Hi, this is Dr. Andy Barlow with the Chiropractic Physician Center of Tupelo and author of the number one best-selling book, The Code Breaker. Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Then call my office at 662-844-1414 and order my new book, The Code Breaker. Welcome in on a Wednesday in breaking news right out of the gate. And some really unfortunate news, too. If you were looking forward to some positive change politically in this country, uh, we had somebody that kind of came out of nowhere, a political hero that was going to change everything and get us back on track. But unfortunately, Kanye West has ended his campaign for president. It was a short one, just a few days, I think. But uh, man... I, I the, the thing that's disappointing the most is that I'm going to have to find somebody else to vote for now. I mean, maybe I'll write in third party. I don't know. It's just when a candidate as good as Kanye West no longer is in the race, I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do. I know you guys are as shocked as I am that that wasn't a serious, serious thing. But yeah, Kanye, uh, I guess, announced or whatever this morning that he's no longer... Uh, running for for president so he's ended his presidential bid according to fox news this is the rebel report i'm michael borky thank you for making the podcast a part of your day follow me on twitter at michael borky or on facebook at michael borky i don't post a lot on facebook right now i will when the season begins i'll do a lot of video stuff uh when that comes around if that comes around i shouldn't have said if actually because today is going to be a day of positivity We had a lot of good news happen yesterday. In the midst of all the chaos and and whatnot, whatever you want to call it, there was a series of really good news yesterday. A lot of good news. And so that's what the podcast is going to be focused on today. Ole Miss began mandatory workouts. You got some pictures yesterday. Football is back in the state of Mississippi. And three coronavirus-related one of which is Mississippi sports-related, good news stories happened yesterday. So that's going to be the theme of the podcast today. I'm bringing you good news because you don't get a whole lot of that right now. So for the next 30 minutes or so, that's what you're going to get today right here. But first, I do want to tell you, as always, the show is brought to you by LB's just across from Kroger on University Avenue there in Oxford, the best place in Mississippi to get your meat Big weekend coming up. Great golf tournament, by the way. Incredible field at the Memorial coming up this weekend, including Tiger Woods. So if you want to kick back, put something on the grill, put the golf on the TV like a normal summer weekend, it's a perfect way to do it. Start at LB's. Go by and see Greg. Tell him we sent you a sponsor of the Rebel Report. And uh, again, just across from University Avenue. I, I did it again. I did it on Monday as well. It's not just across from University Avenue. It's just across from Kroger on University Avenue. I'm a little excited today. I'm, I'm good to, to talk about happy stuff, and maybe I'm getting ahead of my skis here. But go buy LB's. Go see Greg. Tell him we sent you. Get something for the weekend. Get one of their daily lunch specials. And enjoy the golf. Because, again, the field is really, really, really good. And a perfect weekend, even though it's going to be hot, uh, to put something on the grill. And watch Tiger. Hopefully he makes the cut this week and one of the better fields that that you've seen lately in the sport. So let's get into the positive. 
You may have seen some pictures floating around yesterday. Ole Miss began mandatory team workouts yesterday as allowed by the NCAA. And of course, because things are a little bit ridiculous right now. I'm not a coronavirus truther by any means. I know that the virus exists and it's easily spread, but they were allowed to basically practice yesterday. So it's a a mandatory team workout. It's not exactly a practice. They didn't wear pads or helmets, but they weren't allowed to use a football. I mean, come on. These guys are sharing a locker room together. They hang out together. In some cases, they live together. They're they're working out together. But, I mean, you think the difference in spreading and not spreading coronavirus among a college football team is not letting them use a football? Like, that would be the difference? It, it, give me a break. It, that's where a hand-raised guy needs to, to just put his hand up and say, Hey, guys, this is dumb. Not letting them use a football is dumb. It doesn't make any sense. It's not preventing anything. Don't be ridiculous. Take that off the the checklist here. But nevertheless, they were not allowed to use a football yesterday. So you may have seen pictures or videos of the quarterbacks going through just like basic uh, handoff motion, stuff like that, without using a football. It, it looks dumb because it is dumb. They should be allowed to have them. I, I can't believe they can't. But... You did see some pictures uh, come out yesterday, a little bit of video as well, uh, of Ole Miss in their first, you can call it a practice, of the Lane Kiffin era. Mandatory practice. What they've done so far this summer has been uh, a voluntary uh, workout program. With the NCAA's return to play schedule, um, the involuntary workouts began on June 8th, I think. Uh, But coaches were allowed to be present for the first time yesterday and you know they've they've had some small groups and stuff over the summer but this is the first real team total get together and I don't know about you I looked at all the pictures and there's nothing that you can draw from the pictures other than the fact that quarterbacks had to go through drills without using a football and Sam Williams I think I told you a couple weeks ago uh, he has transformed his body. That dude, he looks like an NFL defensive end now. I mean, he, he was good last year. He was really good a year ago, but my goodness, he looks like a different person. I mean, just uh, remarkable what he's done during quarantine to change his body. He can be an NFL guy. I mean, he can be an early round pick NFL guy uh, with his athleticism. And now that he's changed his body, uh, I mean, if they do play a season, there's no if today. It's positive day. When they play a season, um, he's poised to have a really good year if uh, the way he's changed his body translates to the field. But the last four months, um, I don't know about you, have been really really strange. And and the next four are probably going to be the same, but I'm not going to tell you that my job is hard uh, because it's not. Um, Yeah, I I wake up in the morning and I sit down around 8 and I do all of the show prep for a radio show, which has been a little bit more difficult for me than it was before the coronavirus hit. But still, at the end of the day, I'm sitting down and, and compiling content to talk about sports. I mean, I I do a podcast here with you guys three days a week. I do a Sunday radio show uh, with uh, that I host on my own with Stephen Gagliano as a producer. You may listen to it, you may not. Um, so I'm not going to try to sell you on the idea that my job is hard. 
But the last few months have been strange and at times frustrating, especially when it comes to sports. Because I don't know about you, but this is, I mean, it's my my first love, right? <laughs> um, don't tell my wife. It's, it's all I've cared about since I was a kid. Sports has been me. My identity has been thoroughly wrapped into to sports. I played on... I was on three separate teams in three separate sports at once when I was a kid. I mean, I did baseball and basketball and football, and I even played hockey. I was on golf teams. I did it all, man. It's it's something that I love so much, and not only is it my job, but it's it's my hobby. It's, it's what I care about. And so not having it for four months is... It's kind of put a lot of stress on me. I know that sounds really kind of cheesy and, and lame, but it has. It's It's been a stressful time. Um, I, I haven't really known what to do. In, in some days, I've been better than others. I mean, I've I've tried to bring in new hobbies into my life, but I've missed sports the last few months, and it's been frustrating and tough. And when they're so tied up into my life, into my job, I, I've, I've just kind of been lost and frustrated without them. And, and I've talked to a few buddies that... The same, have felt the same way, so I'm not crazy here, but I don't know about you, and the pictures are on the Ole Miss website if you want to see them. It was so good to see that. I know the season's going to look different. There may only be a conference schedule, and it may have to get canceled halfway through because there's outbreaks, and hell, it may not even happen at all. I don't know, but seeing just... Football practice felt really cool. <laughs> it was so nice yesterday to just see a, a dozen or so pictures of a football practice and just think about not coronavirus for a little while and not a shutdown for a little while, but just to think about football. Just for, for Even if it's just for one day, you just got to look at football and think about football for a while. Now, if you're asking me to draw any conclusions from the pictures, well, um, there's nothing you can do other than, again, Sam Williams looks incredible. But I remember, I think it was last year, uh, somebody that covers Alabama uh, gave you a full scrimmage report, an entire scrimmage report from pictures. The school had a closed scrimmage but released about 20 pictures for the public to look at if they wanted to see it. And this guy had a full video breakdown analyzing each picture. Like, this guy was getting a carry. It's really good to see this. And was analyzing the photos and gave you a full scrimmage report based on pictures. It's as crazy as it sounds. I'm not going to do that with you. The main takeaway is the fact that they are practicing. That they are getting prepared for a season. And even if it's just for one day, things felt normal again. And uh, I don't know about you, it felt really good uh, to see these pictures of and video of Jerry and Ely and Elijah Moore and the quarterbacks and uh, I mean, Lane Kiffin's kid getting instruction from Matt Corral. I mean, all that stuff was just really cool yesterday. And, and it's just nice for once to to have something like this. <laughs> um so I'm feeling, it's been tough, but I'm feeling more optimistic today. And so far, so good uh, when it comes to uh, testing level and outbreak level uh, around college football. It, because the the media has no, 
or, or is not willing to to bro- provide context to anything. So, do you remember when uh, LSU had that outbreak? You had a bunch of players go to a party, and they had to quarantine like thirty of them because they may have come in contact with somebody that had coronavirus. Uh, they're all back at full strength today, and they're they're moving forward. And Ed Orgeron had a funny quote yesterday. He was meeting with the vice president for some reason, and he said, uh, they will not be going to parties anymore. <laughs> but LSU aside, I mean, Kentucky, they tested all their student-athletes and zero positives. I mean, Tennessee, they're calling it an outbreak, but it's just a handful of all of their athletes uh, have tested positive after a July 4th, you know, after the 4th of July. Uh, they they received positive tests after that. But by and large, the numbers are really, really small for each team. I mean, Clemson's an exception. They had a bunch, but otherwise it's three or four here, three or four there. Uh, Kentucky has zero positives, and they're not the only one. Ohio State is back to practice. And as Ryan Brown pointed out on Twitter earlier, and he is exactly right, the campus, being on campus for these athletes is safer than wherever they'd be. And I got an email from a listener after I said something like that on the Sunday show that called me insensitive. No, it would be the same thing for me as well. I would be safer in their situation than in my current one. They have superior health care. Better than mine. Nutrition and, and housing and access to testing and oversight. They are in a better spot where they are now in a safer spot than they would be if they were all scattered around the country, mixed in with the normal people, without the access to testing whenever they need it, and without the access to any kind of medical attention whenever they need it, and a little bit of oversight as well. I mean, I don't have the the same access that they do to things, and that's okay. I'm not complaining. That's just how it is. They're safer where they are. And for some reason, there are people that just that blow back on that, and I don't understand why. It gets, as Ryan said, it gets lost in all the noise. I mean, that, that's kind of the truth of the matter. But we've gotten a lot of good news lately when it comes to testing numbers and positive rates among student-athletes on these campuses right now. You know, a, a lot of good uh, has come from that. And I do have to say, I, I admire, I don't know if I admire Greg Sankey because I spent a lot of time on this podcast ripping him. I do appreciate, though, um, their willingness to be patient. They're not panicking after the Big Ten's decision. I guess the Pac-12 did the same and the ACC will soon. Uh, They're not rushing to make the same decision. I mean, they've said multiple times, we've got a couple weeks yet before we have to make a call, and we're not going to do it early just because somebody else did. We're going to wait. And I think that's a good strategy because, I mean, what's the worst that's going to happen? They decide in two weeks, so they'll make the decision... Hell, I think Friday the 31st, maybe, is when they'll make the call. Maybe a little bit earlier. Next Friday or or Monday the 27th. I don't know. In a couple of weeks, they're going to make the decision. And the worst case scenario is that they delay the start of the season. Well, well, so what? The players are already on campus and they're already getting ready. So what's a, a few more weeks since they're already there? That doesn't really affect anything. In fact, it gives your guys more time to make up for the lost time in the summer and in the spring, that's okay. So there's no reason to rush. They're preparing right now as if they're going to start on September 6th, at least in Ole Miss's case. They're probably not going to. But right now, they're preparing as if that is the case. So if some miracle happens in two weeks and they're able to start on time, the players are going to be ready. 
But if they have to delay the start of the season a few weeks, that's okay too. And th- it doesn't really affect anybody at all, except for the people that have to do scheduling and, and whatnot. But they're probably already working on a handful of models to be ready. And I saw a, a column from, from our favorite USA Today columnist that suggests that uh, they, they weren't preparing for this, that they were blowing smoke up everybody's you-know-what, just pretending like it wasn't real. Uh, that's, that could not be further from the truth. They have been exploring and looking at dozens of different scenarios in case something goes wrong. Just because their messaging has been, hey, look, we really want to play a season. We're, we're, we're hoping and preparing to start on time. That doesn't mean they were also, or they were not also preparing for other things as well. They could make that decision tomorrow and they would have a plan. They would have to pick one, but they would have a plan ready. They're working over there on other situations besides starting the season on time. And they've always been looking at those situations. Um, Just because they don't say it publicly doesn't mean they're not working on that. Um, Suggesting otherwise is disingenuous or or ignorant. One of the two. Um, But we'll find out in a couple of weeks. I have a feeling that, in fact, I know they are uh, looking at ways to try to incorporate other conferences uh, into their scheduling to preserve Florida, Florida State, Georgia, Georgia Tech, Clemson, South Carolina, Kentucky, Louisville, and so on. They're, they're going to try to find a way to make that work. They're going to do the best they can to have a season this fall. That's what they want. That's what everybody wants. Nobody wants to play in the spring. They, they don't. They're, they're going to try to find a way to play now. But there's absolutely no reason for them to to rush. None. So I appreciate the leadership at the SEC waiting because there's no reason not to. And by the way, I told you on Monday I would, I would give you an update from the meeting. There was no real update other than they're going to wait two weeks. I'm sure they, they talked a lot. We haven't seen any um, reporting from inside the room, if you will, of, of conversations that were had, but um, they're not rushing. A lot of ideas are on the table, and they don't need to make a decision just yet. So we have to just kind of wait it out and see what they decide. All right, turn the page here. Uh, here are the three stories that I told you about earlier. Uh, the good news that we got yesterday. And the first, uh, I'll start with the, the Mississippi story. So the MHSAA, the executive committee, approved their proposal for a fall schedule. Uh, basically, the season's going to be delayed two weeks. The first high school football games will be on September 4th. At least that's what they are currently scheduled for. Uh, practice for football can begin on August 17th, and scrimmages between schools are allowed beginning on August 28th with games, like I said, starting on September 4th. Here are a couple of quotes uh, for what it's worth. Here's the MHSAA uh, president uh, of the executive committee, Calvin Robinson. He said, quote, the board felt the changes will give all of us more time to try to get into the back into the routine of school. There are going to be many challenges, ones we're anticipating and those we don't know about yet and returning to on-campus learning. It's going to be different than what we've experienced in the past. Hopefully pushing back the start of fall sports seasons will help make that transition a little smoother for everyone involved. This is a no-brainer. And it may not happen. They may not be able to pull this off. 
they may get school started and realize they can't do it. But the priority needs to be on returning kids, especially, back to some kind of normalcy. Maybe they can't pull it off, but at least they're trying. They're going to try. They need to try to do whatever it takes to to make this happen. I am a parent of a nine-month-old, so I don't quite know what it's like to have children, but I do remember my experiences, and I've talked to enough people who have kids to know that we need to find a way to return to some semblance of normalcy this fall. It is incredibly imperative for, for, it was imperative for me when I was a kid, probably a lot of you as well. Not, it's not just about sports or football. It's about social interaction with other kids, ha- being a part of something, getting them involved in something other than being locked up in their house and doing distance learning. They have to find a way, some way, to return to a sense of normalcy because the the impact that not having this for another semester, if you will, it, is dire. And not to be insensitive, because people keep calling me that lately, and I'm not even that controversial. Um, these kids are not... At, a significant risk of coronavirus based on what we know right now and things can change but the the effect on them is minuscule and the transition from kids to parents as far as what we know currently is not that high either you still have to potentially have mask orders and social distance your classrooms and do some kind of hybrid learning if necessary and maybe you have to shorten your football season and maybe it comes down to it and you can't have one at all. I don't know the answers. I'm not smart enough to have them, but I do know what the numbers are. And I do know what shutting down school and activities for kids will do to them. And it's dire. The consequences of that uh, will lead to problems, real problems. And so good on the MHSAA for not panicking uh, and, and trying to do what's right by these kids. And it's finding a way to get them back into a normal life. And it's not going to look the same. Of course it's not. But kudos to them for trying. Uh, Because like in Louisiana, for example, uh, they're not playing football again until they've reached stage four. Stage four means vaccine in Louisiana. Uh, So they're not playing football this fall. That will have consequences that extend far beyond just not playing nine games on a Friday night. Uh, I had a lot of teammates in high school that that sports and football and what came from that changed their life. Um, taking that away, and it's not just football. Like I said, it's it's clubs, it's social interaction, it's just existing around other kids. If you take that away, the outcome is bad. So kudos to them uh, for, for at least trying. So there's positive story number one. High school football in Mississippi is going to begin... If it starts on schedule on September 4th, they're delaying the season by two weeks. Good story number two. You probably saw this one, but it's worth looking at again from the Associated Press. Breaking news yesterday. The first COVID-19 vaccine tested in the United States is poised for final testing. Here's the story. The first COVID-19 vaccine tested in the United States revved up people's immune systems just the way scientists had hoped. 
researchers reported on Tuesday, as the shots are poised to begin final testing. According to Anthony Fauci, no matter which way you slice it, this is good news. That's what he told the Associated Press. The experimental vaccine developed by the National Institutes of Health and Moderna Incorporated will start its most important step on July 27th, a 30,000-person study to prove if the shots really are strong enough to protect against the virus. But on Tuesday, researchers reported anxiously uh, awaited findings from the 45 volunteers who rolled up their sleeves back in March. Sure enough, the vaccine provided a hoped-for immune boost. Those early volunteers developed what are called neutralizing antibodies in their bloodstream Molecules key to blocking the infection at levels comparable to those found in people who have survived COVID-19. It's a big deal. And (laughs) we talked about this on the radio show a little bit yesterday. We had people text in and say, I'm sure as hell not taking the vaccine. And I'm going to be honest with you, I'm probably not either. Uh, Not this soon. Uh, I'll let somebody else uh, be first. But... The creation of a vaccine will be the first step into all of us going back to normal and life getting back to normal. So uh, that's exceptional news uh, that uh, the initial round gave them everything they hoped for. And knock on wood, in two weeks when they start this uh, this significant, this large trial, that um, things go well. Because the faster we get this, the faster we get back to normal. But uh, I'll let you guys, uh, I'll let you guys take it first because. Uh, I will not be taking, I will not be one of the first people that takes it. But good news nonetheless. And finally, good news story number three of the day. The University of Houston developed an air filter that kills coronavirus instantly. This is a fascinating story. I I still quite don't get it, but I'm going to bring it to you anyway, and maybe you can decipher it better than I can, at least how it's going to work. With case counts, I'm reading from uh, Reform Austin, but University of Houston has uh, has retweeted it and stuff, so you know it's legit. I didn't know what Re- Reform Austin was. It could have been a parody site, but this apparently is real. Um, with case counts heading higher and higher and the economy faltering, most Texans are probably wishing there was a way to just kill COVID-19. Here come researchers from the University of Houston to the rescue. Working in collaboration with Metastar, a Houston-based medical real estate development firm and others, the Texas Center for Superconductivity at the University of Houston, that is, that's a word salad right there, uh, has designed a catch-and-kill air filter that can trap the coronavirus that leads to COVID-19 and kill it instantly. Virus tested at the Galveston National Laboratory found 99.8% of the virus was killed in a single pass through the filter made from nickel, and heated to about 392 degrees Fahrenheit. It also kills 99.9% of anthrax, for what that's worth to you, um, in testing at the National Lab, which is run by the University of Texas. Uh, Quote, This filter could be useful in airports and in airplanes, in office buildings, schools, and cruise ships to stop the spread of COVID-19. According to uh, a professor of physics at the University of Houston and somebody that authored the, the research paper that got announced. Its ability to help control, he says, uh, the spread of the virus could be useful for, for society. Tend to agree there. My question is, if it's an air filter and it's getting heated up to 390 degrees, how do you cool that air back down to recycle it like through an airplane again? 
I mean, how are you getting it so hot, like within the mechanism of an airplane, and then cooling that air back down before it gets... I mean, that just... I don't know how that works. I mean, smarter people than me have to figure that out. I don't under, quite understand how how you can do that. But anyway, you know what would have been good? If I'd have just kept reading. By making the filter electrically heated rather than heating it from an external source, the researchers said they can minimize the amount of heat that escaped from the filter, allowing air conditioning to function with minimal strain. That's what I get for not reading the entire thing before I hit record. However, uh, they have determined that the virus uh, cannot survive temperatures above 158 degrees. By making the filter temperature far hotter, researchers are able to kill the virus almost instantly. A filter that could remove it quickly was the viable plan. The nickel foam meets several key requirements. Uh, It is porous, allowing the flow of air electronically conductive, like I said, which allows it to be heated and not let the air get out if I'd have just kept reading, and it's flexible. Uh, It has low resistivity, they say, making it difficult to raise the temperature high enough to kill the virus, so they solved the problem by folding the foam, connecting multiple compartments with electrical wires to increase the resistance high enough to raise the temperature to the necessary level. Oh, man, that's uh, that's really good news. So there's your third good news of the day. So there's a vaccine is going to a 30,000 person human trial after promising results. You have the University of Houston that developed an air filter that can go into airplanes, into public places and schools that kills the virus almost instantly without really uh, changing the uh, complexion of your HVAC systems in all of those places. And high school football is going to start in Mississippi with just a two-week delay. At least, that's what we're hoping for. So I don't know if that's what you were looking for today. I know uh, that I was feeling down, man. And then yesterday, uh, all this just kind of happened at once, too. It was the breaking news on this vaccine shortly after the pictures got released of uh, Ole Miss practicing football without the ball, but practicing football. And then it came out that high school football in Mississippi was going to start with just a two-week delay. And then it came out that Houston uh, created this air filter. And I said this at the very beginning of of the coronavirus deal, that we have smart people, really, really smart people that are going to work on solutions uh, to this. And it's only a matter of time before they really start figuring things out. And it's good to see that that has come true. So uh, props to Houston. And uh, props to uh, the folks that are working on the vaccine. I know somebody... Uh, who has been asked to be in that 30,000-person trial. I don't know if they accepted it or not. I should reach out and find out uh, about that, whether or not they decided to be one of those people. But I do know someone that was uh, asked to participate in that 30,000-person trial. So uh, maybe not that one, but I know that they were asked to, to do a vaccine trial. Would you do it? I wouldn't do it. I, I, unless the dollar figure was right. Like, if I could fully fund my kids college fund like maybe i would take it but anything short of that like if if it was just a couple thousand bucks here take this experimental vaccine that we don't know uh, what it's going to do to you uh no thank you I, I i'm good here but anyway i, I do hope that uh that made your day a little bit better uh, knowing that there is some good news out there in the midst of all the crap that we have to deal with on a daily basis lately so uh, may or may not have a show on Friday. Uh, Richard's going to be out uh, for a few days, and so I'm going to be stretched pretty thin as far as uh, 
the radio show goes. So I may or may not be doing a podcast on Friday. I will, uh, I will obviously publish it and let you know uh, if, in fact, I do do one. The plan is to do one right now. I just, you know, I don't know if, if something will come up that'll stretch me pretty thin. Uh, so hopefully I'll be able to talk to you on Friday and hopefully some more good news breaks so we can keep talking about a football season happening this fall. I've got a little bit of optimism. I know things, uh, testing numbers or case numbers are really high, and uh, you've got a, a mask-wearing campaign uh, coming from the SEC because if case numbers don't go down, they, they just can't start their season. But I'm feeling a little bit more optimistic today uh, after uh, after a string of good news. So uh, hopefully we can get it done, and uh, hopefully I can keep talking football with you. So thank you for making the podcast a part of your day, and uh, I'll talk to you again hopefully on Friday. Don't forget to go by LBs and see Greg and uh, rate and review the podcast wherever you get them. Um, really glad that you guys uh, have stuck it out and are with me. And uh, I'll talk to you again, like I said, hopefully on Friday. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.